and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Do you feel like you've not been able to make headway in achieving your goals? Or did you start the year pumped, ready to move forward on making things happen and simply lost your way? Things don't need to just get better. They actually can be better. In Design Your Dream Life, I'll show you a proven pathway to take you from where you are now to a life filled with joy, wholeness, success, and fulfillment. I'll give you the keys to not just developing a plan, but taking massive empowered action to make your dreams a reality. Turn roadblocks into stepping stones and leverage the power of gratitude and forgiveness. Let's face it, taking massive empowered action and making your dreams a reality isn't always easy. So I'll be there with you every step of the way. Visit dreamlifetoolkit.com to purchase your copy of Design Your Dream Life, obtain resources and join our free community. Again, that's dreamlifetoolkit.com. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. You guys, we are going to talk about a subject that is near and dear to my heart. As you know, I truly believe that we can love all areas of our life. We can thrive in our family. We can thrive in relationships. We can thrive in our health and feel fit and healthy and energetic. We can thrive in our business and our career and really know that we're adding value into the world through this purposeful work. But one of the things that we want to thrive in, but sometimes we need more help than not, because honestly, they did not teach us this stuff in school, is parenting. Parenting. Don't you think like we should, as a society, have parenting classes um, through school? I got my master's in clinical psychology and did a lot of child work in those years. And I realized throughout my studies that Most people don't have the chance to learn this kind of stuff. And even though that I did, I had my children and I was a blank slate. I don't really know what exactly to do. And it doesn't always come intuitively to all of us, especially if we have our own stuff, our own stress, our own work, our own areas of life that are not thriving and impact the way that we parent. And When life happens, you guys, we often resort back to what we know, even if we didn't work, even if it doesn't work for us, even if it didn't work for us, we revert back to to what we knew as a child. And so our next guest today is going to share with us how she was the problem child that some of us deal with in our homes. She was the child who actually was full of anxiety and depression and had legal problems and had some physical symptoms that just they couldn't wrap their head around and was causing behavior symptoms, which then impacted the relationships, um, not only with her and her parents, but also her parents with each other. And throughout these years, not only has she been able to identify the root cause of her troubled, insecure, and, and kind of roller coaster childhood, but she's developed what she now calls the shift method, which is exactly what she knows, like her parents wish they had when they were parenting her. I am so excited to hear her story and how the shift method could help you in your parenting as well. So big Dreamcast, welcome to Christina Luis. 
Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yay, I'm excited to hear your story because I know some of us are like, uh, that was me. I was the problem child. Or some of us have a problem child. And when we say problem child, we really just mean maybe a bit more difficult, a bit more stubborn, a little bit just uh, not as easygoing. I don't know. What does problem child mean to you? And why do you identify yourself as being one? Well, my parents identify me as being one, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think we, most of us at this age, remember that movie Problem Child uh, from the 80s. And so what I really mean is if you're feeling challenged, if you feel like your kid is strong-willed and in some cases out of control, I'm hearing that more and more since COVID hit and, and, and kids are at home and they're not getting as much outdoors time and the parents are under a lot more stress and the kids just don't know what's going on more and more kids are becoming out of control. And that causes a lot of embarrassment because parents tend to blame themselves and then they blame the kid and then they blame themselves. And then it just becomes very dysfunctional very quickly. And so the first thing that I want to say is welcome to everybody. Thank you for showing up today. Um, Whether you're dealing with a challenging kid or not, this information is going to help you parent with ease. I'm actually going to give you three things that you can do when you're starting to feel overwhelmed in your parenting journey that's going to help you shift into a more peaceful, joyful, loving state so you can build a healthier bond with your kid. And um, I'm just really excited and proud of the parents for showing up here and making this time for themselves today. And also to say that you're not alone. There's nothing wrong with you. It's not your fault. And you might feel embarrassed about what's going on in your home, but I commend you for showing up and doing something about it with me and Denise today. It's going to be a good time, good good time for healing, good time for transformation. Absolutely. And and nobody starts off with a PhD in parenting because like I said, they really don't give us much information on this as we grow up. And then we have our own children and we think, I mean, that's when we start devouring books. (laughs) We start learning from parent coaches just like you who are able to give us the skills that we didn't that we didn't learn. So Mm -hmm. I want to ask you a bit about your childhood years. I know you ended up learning that you had a root cause to your anxiety and the depression that you um, experienced. Can you tell me a bit about that journey and how you discovered that for yourself? Yeah, it was a really, it took me a really long time. I wasn't an adult until I really started to understand why I was the way I was. But I'll just go back a little bit further than that. If you ask my mom now, she'll describe me as a very sweet, good baby. I slept through the night. I laughed. I played. I was very quick to develop. I started walking early, talking early. We read together. We prayed together. I was like her best friend, but my dad was actually gone out of our house for the first two years. He was working out of town during the week. She simultaneously had my brother and a second child. And then my dad came back into the home. And that's when she would say that things went sideways and her sweet little baby, you know, was now, you know, breaking toys, running around the house, screaming, angry. I didn't develop anxiety and depression until my teenage years. I struggled with that for about 10 years into my 20s. And that's what led me to discovering the shift method because I was like, what's going on with me? And after discovering the shift method and using it, that's what led me to the knowledge that you're referring to today, that I was born with a gene mutation that's actually pretty popular, that's not really talked about unless you go looking for it. So write it down because they estimate around the world that about 30% of children are born with the inability 
It basically comes down to the inability to process toxins because of a missing link in the DNA. So it's called the M, like in Mary, T, like in Tom, H, like in Harry or Harold, <laughs> um, MTHF, like in Frank R, MTHFR gene mutation. And so if you have a, an out of, a quote, out of control child or a child who's exhibiting the physical symptoms that your doctors can't put their finger on, it's a simple blood test. Most insurance companies do cover it and out of pocket, it's totally worth it to rule that either in or out of the challenges that your child might be facing. As I was being brought up in the 80s when all these new chemicals were being introduced into the home, that was a contributing factor to my behavioral issues. It's not all to blame. The vast majority of my behavioral issues I know now actually came from what was passed down to me in the DNA and the RNA from our bloodlines. Our parents' parents all dealt with depression, anxiety. There was pedophilia in our family, mental health issues in our family. And bottom line, my parents did not know how to deal with their emotions without using violent techniques. And when I say violence, I'm not talking about picking up a gun or, you know, <laughs> I mean, just yelling at your kid is violent. It's a shock to the system. And it's scientifically proven that once you start yelling, the brain shuts down, right? You've experienced that, Denise. I'm sure you've been yelled at once or twice in your life. You literally can't hear the other person. So I describe violence, not just like extreme violence, like a gun, but even just yelling at your kids is detrimental to their health. And so my parents were yelling, screaming, hitting, bargaining, coercing, and just using any tactic they could to get through the day, which just compounded um, my challenges and then my outbursts. How did you, once learning this information, how did you start to... Like, what did you do differently so that you could break down toxins or so you could learn maybe the skills you didn't learn as a child because what was modeled was yelling, screaming, hitting, you know, bargaining, that kind of thing. What did, what did you do now that you had this awareness? Okay. So the awareness did, oh, that's the funny thing. The awareness came last. The shift method came first. The shift method is what led me to the awareness. And that's where I think a lot of people have it backwards. They're looking for the surface level information first, but you can't get to a place of clarity from a place of chaos. You've got to manage the chaos, transmute the chaos in order to get to the clarity. Okay. So tell us about the shift method. Well, before I get into that, I just want to go back a little bit further and just explain what I meant by you can't get there from here, which is as I was growing up, you know, start like I said, starting at about two, three years old, these behavioral issues came to the surface and they came out a lot at school. And this might be a really good nugget for some of your listeners. For those of you who are thinking, well, my kid is so well behaved in front of their father. But as soon as the father leaves, I've got to deal with an outburst. Or the kid is so well-behaved at home, but when they go to school, they have an outburst. First nugget that I want to give these parents is children express their negative emotions only when they feel safe. So if your kid is having outbursts in front of you and giving you a hard time, but for others, they're well-behaved, count that as a blessing. They feel safe with you. Negative emotion has to come up in order to be healed. Negative emotion, which leads to outbursts, is a natural expression of 
subconscious and conscious pain in the mind. So if you're dealing with a challenging, out of control or strong-willed child, know that your child doesn't mean to harm you. They're not trying to give you a hard time. They're not sitting around thinking, "Mm, I can't wait till I get home just to give my mom some crap. Like kids don't think that way, right? They're in pain. There's something wrong. It could be physical. It could be sexual. It could be emotional. And emotional is always the real root cause is always in the mind. So they might have heard something, they might have seen an argument, they might have dealt with abuse, they might have the MTHFR gene mutation like I did. There's a root cause problem for behavioral issues. Behavioral issues are not a root cause problem, which is why if you're one of these moms or dads that are reading all the books and none of the techniques that you're using is working, it's probably because most of the books that you're reading are only addressing surface level issues, not root cause problems. So the shift method helps you get to the root cause problem. Yeah, I can see a lot of that because you can do timeouts and you can change your strategy or you can, but you're just kind of rearranging the furniture, so to speak. Mm -hmm. When you get down to the root cause, then that's when the subconscious shift happens and you're really helping to rearrange the child's programming in a sense so they and healing them in a sense. So the behavior no longer is needed. Right. Yeah. I worked with a woman a couple of years back that came to me with three kids under the age of five. Her oldest was five and her youngest was one. And she was at home all day alone as a housemaker, as a homemaker. And uh, she came to me because she didn't want to hit her kid, but she was at her wit's end. She didn't know what else to do with him. When the father came home, he was very well behaved, but the father was at work all day and she had to deal with this kid literally pissing and crapping all over the house. He was waking up the one-year-old just to get her attention. He was beating up his three-year-old little brother. She was so embarrassed. She couldn't leave the house. She couldn't talk to anybody about it because she felt like I'm a bad mom. I, you know, this is my fault. And she came to me, like I said, because she didn't want to punish, but her husband and her mother-in-law were putting a lot of pressure on her to like hit him. And she just knew in her heart, she didn't want to do that. So she came to me, I showed her the shift method within a month, his symptoms were gone. I never once talked to the kid. I was going to ask, yeah, you're not necessarily doing the shift method with the children. You're doing the shift method with the parents. I'm doing it with the mom, especially the mom. The mom, I mean, think about it. All men and women come from a woman, (laughs) right? Everywhere in nature is led by the feminine. It's our energy. That's your feminine side. Even as a, a man or a woman, you have a feminine side, you have a masculine side. When you're feminine, when your emotions, when your intuition is on point, the behaviors are in alignment, right? So if I'm feeling peaceful and calm, if I've got good confidence, I feel good. I can do good. You can't do good when you feel like crap. And again, this is where most people get it wrong. They think making money work is more important than spending time with my kids. So like, I just got to get this done. I'll be right with you. And then five minutes turns into a half an hour, right? No, stop what you're doing. If your kid is asking you for attention now, whether that's in a productive or dysfunctional way, give your kid the attention now. Stop asking them to wait. What is more important? I mean, granted, if you're driving and you can't get off the road, I get it, right? But for instance, my mom, she put work and money 
way before us, thinking in her mind that that was like that's that was her way of caring for us. She thought, well, if I go out and I make money, then I can take them on trip. Well, I don't care about the trip at the end of the week. I care about the Monday through Friday that I didn't see you at all, right? And the things that were going on when you weren't there. Right. So we've got to get our priorities straight and we've got to put things in the proper order if we want to have a healthy, successful family and the rest of our lives. Right. Because when there's dysfunction in the home, there's dysfunction in your health, there's dysfunction in your career, there's dysfunction everywhere. It all starts with us. So my point in saying this is that it's scientifically proven that the mother's heartbeat frequency is what the rest of the family kind of feeds on. The woman is always leading. That's why they say things like happy wife, happy life. It's true. When the woman is balanced in her emotions and she's showing up vulnerable, authentic, and engaged, the father and the children feel the difference. So what you're saying is correct, Denise. I never work with the kids and I hardly ever work with a husband. The woman is so powerful. Once we get her balanced and stable and grounded, the whole family shifts. And it's really, really cool to watch. Yeah, that's amazing. Because you're right, the ripple effects and it impacts Mm -hmm. everyone around you. And so Mm -hmm. you'll see a difference in your children's behavior when you're different. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's boggling to the mind, but... Once you try it a few times, you're like, holy crap, this, this actually works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's a lot more fun than yelling and screaming every night. So tell us a bit more about how you would incorporate the shift method with a mom coming to you for help. Okay. So the first thing that I would say to a mom coming to me for help is I'll just take, for instance, this woman that I was working with, right? Like, how did we shift in 30 days, right? How did her kid go from pissing and pooping all over the house, terrorizing her basically to like meditating and doing, they, you know, that's her thing. They were meditating. They were doing Reiki together. They were reading together. He was helping out with her, his little brother and little sister. She was actually able to get on a plane, get this, the month after implying the shift method. She was actually able to get on a plane with all three kids under the age of five by herself and go internationally to a family reunion for two weeks and had no behavioral issues with the kids. Okay. That's a test. <laughs> right? Three kids under five on a plane. Yeah, an no kidding. An international flight to a two-week-long family reunion. Now she's a parenting coach, by the way. <laughs> a couple of years later, now she's a parenting coach because the shift method worked for her. So the first thing I said to her was, and this is going to sound a little... I'm almost hesitant to say it because I'm not sure that people are ready to hear it, but just be open to it. Your kid is reflecting you. That was really difficult for that client to wrap her mind around because as she explained, she was the perfect, quote, perfect child. She never had an outburst. She never dealt with anger. She was, you know, a model child. She was well-behaved, please and thank yous, all of that. So when I told her that her out of control kid, angry kid was a reflection of her, she was like, no, 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 that can't be. What are you talking about? Well, her kid's five, her kid was five at the time. I asked her, what happened when you were five? And she explained to me that her dad had passed away tragically in a boating accident that at five years old, she watched from the shore. She watched her father drown and she had begged her father not to go. 
And so as a little girl, she became very angry with herself, very angry with her father and very angry with God for taking her father away. And she blamed herself. As an adult, she knew it wasn't her fault. On a conscious level, she knew it wasn't her fault. But once we went into a deep dive session together, she was able to unpack and see that at a subconscious level at five years old, she had made a decision that it was her fault. Her fault, God's fault, her dad's fault. It was just a lot of blame, a lot of resentment, a lot of anger that in her family, it wasn't safe to express. She grew up in a very orthodox family where you don't do that or else. So it wasn't safe at school. It wasn't safe at home. It wasn't safe with any of her family members to express this anger and pain. So she just locked it up and she buried it down. But you carry these emotions with you. And so when she gave birth to her first kid and he got to be about five years old, he started showing up with the same symptoms. So all I had to do with her was use the shift method to help her heal that buried trauma And then the kids started to relax and shift. And then her ability to handle his outburst became more perfected. Does that make sense? Because it's not like you use the shift method and all of a sudden you have no problems. That is not what I'm promising you, right? Real shift, real progress, real evolution happens in tiny increments consistently over time, right? So it took about 30 days. Right. She was still dealing with outbursts, but because she had the tools and techniques that I shared with her in my coaching program, and because she had me on her team, she could call me anytime she wanted. She was able to navigate those outbursts in a healthy, successful way, no longer using her old tools, which didn't work. How did she feel? Tell me a bit about how that five-year-old trauma, because I think sometimes we don't quite realize that the situations of the past are still impacting us today, even if they seem irrelevant to each other. Mm -hmm. And so how did releasing or healing that five-year-old trauma impact her emotionally as an adult? So over the course of, we worked together for 12 months. So I got to watch her progress through all four seasons of her life, which is really cool and beneficial to her and her family. Within four months of using the shift method, she lost 20 pounds without dieting or exercising because her stress levels went down, right? She was able to go on that trip. Eventually, she became a parenting coach. She runs a very successful business being a parenting coach and serving thousands of women all over the world. So she was just ecstatic. She wrote me a testimonial and said, just after one session, the next day, she said, this is the most peaceful morning I've had in years, right? So she was ecstatic. She was happy. She was getting along. And she could actually save the time and energy that she was spending in argument and in conflict and and trying to de-escalate from in her home and actually put it into her business and find her purpose and go out there, make some money and help people. Tell me a bit about the child. Did he have issues going forward or he was great in school? And you know what I mean? I'm sure there's always moments, but it sounds like not only did his behavior improve at home, but I'm assuming that that took him on a completely different path than if if nothing would have happened, you know? For sure. Like, this is why I do what I do, Denise, because her children's children's children are going to be better off. Two things that I want to highlight here. One is you said that we don't often realize how what we've been through in the past is still affecting us today. I didn't realize that either. And I want to come back around to that. The other thing is, is that if she hadn't done this work to shift from her buried, uh, a state of, of stress right? Her subconscious stress 
her chaos, her inner conflict with herself, with God, with men, with her father, right? And she had gone down the road that she was on, which was, she was eventually going to whack the kid. I mean, that's why she came to me. She's like, I don't know how much longer I can hold out, right? It's to a point now where my husband's pressuring me. My my mother-in-law is pressuring me. I, I, I don't want to do this, right? Even if she had sat on her hands, and not whacked him, the anger, the strife, the miscommunication, the misunderstanding, the the challenge and disturbance to her other two children, her marriage, and her inability to work and produce an income. I mean, that kid, I'll just put it like this, growing up with a mom that doesn't understand you and that you don't have a deep bond with is scientifically proven to cause health problems later on in life. Like we're at a point today with research and technology where scientists can literally predict your future health issues based on what you went through as a child. So this kid living in a home, even if he seems to be the cause of the chaos, is still living in a chaotic, dysfunctional home. His mom's definitely yelling at him. His dad's mad at him. He hates his brothers and sisters. If this goes on year after year after year, you're looking at a a future felon. You're looking at a a kid that's going to grow up and bully kids in school, right? He's better off and his children's children's children are better off because his mom chose to do this work. Does that make sense? Well, absolutely. I used to work with, they would call ODD, oppositional defiant disorder, children back over 15 years ago when I was working my clinical psychology job. And you could see that the parent had, I mean, it was, it was generationally learned Um, and, and often children didn't know that life could be different. And so they had seen this world so long, um, really, you know, of course, since they were just babies that they didn't understand that you could communicate without arguing and they didn't have those skills because the parents didn't have those skills. And so starting with the parent and really helping them to learn, uh, not just themselves and heal some of those, those trapped emotions that are stuck within the parents, because we all have some, we all do, Mm -hmm. but also to help them manage everyday stress and communicate more effectively and give tools where you're in the challenging moment, but you can move through it much more simply um, with better results will decrease the stress, the strife in the home, but that will allow the child, all of the children to learn skills that are going to keep them going in the right direction throughout their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the point that you made that we're not we're not taught about parenting like anywhere in the world, really, right? We're also not taught about money. We're also not taught about marriage. It's like I feel like those are like the three most important things for us right now as humans. And we're and, not really taught about health either. Right? <laughs> like what's go what are we taught? What are these kids learning? But that's a conversation for another time. So again, you know, we don't we don't want anybody feeling bad or or pointing fingers here, right? Like I realized when I was young, when I when I realized what my parents had gone through with their parents, I was mad at my grandparents. But then I realized what my grandparents had gone through with their parents. And I thought, how this is gonna go like we can blame the government, we can blame a lack of education, we can blame our parents, we can blame our grandparents. Blame doesn't help, right? So we don't want to blame the kid. We don't want to blame ourselves. We don't want to blame our parents. We don't want to blame society. We just want to get a lay of the land here and figure out what to do next, 
right? So I just want to be very careful with that. So like, you know, it's true, we're not taught this stuff. But let's not get into, you know, I don't want anybody going into their minds and getting into anger or guilt about anything right now, because that's actually the problem. The anger and the guilt is what you get to shift from. The anger and the guilt block your intuition. The anger and the guilt will stop you from finding solutions and stop you from being able to make eye contact engage in healthy trust and build a strong mental, emotional, and spiritual bond with your kid, right? So going back to the point that you brought up earlier, Denise, about how we don't really get how what we went through in the past still is affecting us now. I really want to highlight that for just a moment, if that's okay. Once I got out of this dysfunctional home that I grew up in and broke free from my parents, I looked myself in the mirror at 18 years old and I was a mess. Like I said, I hated myself. I hated my body. I hated God. I didn't even want to hear the word God because my parents called themselves Christians. And I thought, well, if that's what a Christian looks like, I don't want anything to do with that. I hated my parents. I didn't feel like I fit in in the world. But I looked myself in the mirror and I said, it doesn't matter who did this to me. I'm going to do something about it now. I went to school. I paid for my own college education. I got a job working for a nonprofit organization, quickly rose up in the ranks to a management position. I made good money. I had awesome credit. I volunteered in my community at a hospital and nursing homes. I got um, certifications up on my wall. I was well-respected. I had good friends. I had a nice boyfriend. I rebuilt my body, um, got fit. I went vegan. I, I, like, I did everything right, right? Health, career, relationship-wise. And it, it took me pretty much all of my 20s, right? And I got to about 26, 27 and with all of this success and, quote, achievements behind me. But Still, I felt anxious and depressed. And I realized that I was going through this cycle of anxiety and depression all year long. And it had been going on long enough that I could actually pinpoint what month I was going to fall into depression because it happens like clockwork. And I started to become aware of this and I started to kind of freak out and be like, what the heck is wrong with me? And that's what led me to kind of throwing my hands up to the universe because that's what I called it at that time. I called the higher power of the universe. I didn't want to say the word God. Um, because of the scars I had suffered when I was a kid. And I just threw my hands up to the universe. And I'm like, if there, if there is a God, if there is a universe that's conscious of me, like pretty much at this point in my life, I could go anytime. Like I've done all the things that the world told me to do to be happy. And I'm not happy. I'm happy with the impact that I've had on other people's lives because I was doing a lot to help other people. You could take me anytime, but if you want me to stay here, there's got to be something more. Like I'm freaking bored and I'm sick of this cycle of anxiety and depression and I'm not about to take pills to deal with it. So if you're really out there and you can hear me, help me out. And then I went back to my life. I freaking forgot about it. But I started something called the emotional freedom technique, the tapping technique. Have you ever heard of it? I was looking into natural ways for dealing with the anxiety and depression and I realized through engaging with the with the emotional freedom technique that I had a that I was not loving myself. I thought I loved myself on a conscious level, but a part of the protocol of EFT is to say the words. Even though I'm dealing with this issue, I still deeply and completely love and accept myself. And when I was asked to say that out loud, I froze and got really defensive. And it was then that I learned I've got a, a deeper problem here. 
right? So I kept going with the EFT, kept going with the EFT, and I was just willing to do anything to shift out of the negativity, the depression, the anxiety, the icky feelings that I was feeling. So one day I decided I'm going to go to an opera. A friend of mine invited me to go to an opera. And opera is not really my thing, but I just thought I'm willing to do anything, like just try something different, you know? So I get in the car and I'm driving on a snowy road in Buffalo. And out of nowhere, this guy flies out of his driveway into the road and T-bones my passenger side, causing me to spin out on ice. I ended up stopping by colliding head on with a parked car and got sandwiched into a big wooden telephone pole. So I was actually struck three times, left, right, front. It corkscrewed my spine. I had bulging and protruding discs all through my CTNL spine. Both my shoulders were full of water. I saw two of the three impacts coming, so I, I tensed up. So literally every major joint in my body was injured, and I had severe PTSD to the point to where I couldn't work. I was taped up like a mummy for years. I couldn't have sex. I couldn't cross my legs. I had to wear sunglasses indoors because I had such terrible migraines and spasms. I wanted to kill myself. And Denise, I almost did. It took me 10 15 years to build myself up into a model citizen, to get my credit, my reputation, my money up to where it was. It took one, it took nine months. It took that one day with that car accident. And over the course of the next nine months, everything that I had worked for, everything that I thought made me me, the credit, the money, the car, the body was gone. The car was totaled. The credit was shot. My savings were drained. I couldn't work, couldn't think clearly. And that's how the shift method was born because I literally got into a car one day planning to end my life. And right before I did, I heard the, what I now call God speak to me, not out here, but in my, in my gut, you know, in, inside and said, wait. And I said, wait, what for? Like, <laughs> I spent 10, 15 years building my life and it's gone. Now these doctors are telling me I'm going to be disabled for the rest of my life. They told me, here's some drugs. Here's your little slip of paper. Go apply for social security disability. You're going to need it. You're going to be on it for the rest of your life. I'm like 27 years old. No effing way. I would rather die than settle for that kind of life. I'm just not doing it. And I know what the what those pills do to the, to the body and the mind. So there was just no way I was going to take them. But I was in such debility. I mean, the pain, physical, emotional, mental pain, the idea that God had turned on me, that I wasn't in control, that now I needed somebody to help me when I was so used to helping other people. I just couldn't stand it. I, I had to get out. So right before I pulled the trigger, I heard this voice say, wait. And I argued back, wait for what? For what? For suffering? For more? What? It took me, I crawled out of abuse <laughs> to become this model citizen. And I worked every day to make something of my life. And now it's gone. What are you asking me to wait for? I'm not going to do that again, right? I can't do that again. I don't have money. I don't have credit. I don't have anybody to help me. I can't even use my body to perform. And I can't even use my mind. So what am I waiting for? And this voice said, before you do it to your... Like, it's hard because even though my parents made mistakes, they still are the loves of my life, you know? And I think God knew that. And God said to me, your mother's been through so much. This is going to kill her. So before you, you do this thing that you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is going to cause harm to the people that you love, just give me an opportunity to show you why, to show you the purpose for this. And I realized that the 10 years before the accident, I had been reading all these spiritual books right? Books like Conversations with God, The Celestine Prophecy, you know, 
books that said you can jump and then that will appear and everything happens for a reason. And I talked that talk when I was volunteering and helping people out, but I never walked that walk. So I took the challenge that day thinking, you know what? I can kill myself any day. I'm going to put all this spiritual stuff. I'm going to put this God to the test. If it's not true, I off myself. I believe in reincarnation. I'll be all right. But if it is true, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to share this with everybody I meet. That's how the shift method was born. It took me on a journey over the course of seven years. The method was developed, not on purpose, not like I set out to develop a method, not like I didn't even think it was going to work. I honestly didn't think. I just thought, I don't want to hurt my mom. So I'm going to do my best every day to figure this out. And I started looking into the emotional contributing factors to physical relationship and money disease. And I started seeing the connections between what I went through as a kid with the injuries I had sustained in a car accident. So this is gonna, might sound really crazy to people. It looks like I was disabled due to a car accident. And I was on paper. But when I started tracing back all of my injuries sustained in that car accident, I mean, some people get into car accidents just like that and they walk out fine. You've heard that, right? Why was I so debilitated and crippled, right? When I looked at it and traced all my physical issues back to the emotional cause, the truth is, I know now, I was emotionally... The physical the physical issues I suffered as a result of the car accident were truly the emotional wounds that I had been carrying from my past manifested. And when I saw that, I still didn't believe it, but I decided to let God in. I decided to ask really good questions, and I decided to give God power and authority over my body and my mind. And the healing started occurring. And I started, I got led to a surgeon who took me pro bono. I got led to a physical thing. I got led. This is when I was talking about earlier about like the surface stuff comes later. I started doing the emotional work between me and God, the spiritual work, actually applying what I had been preaching all those years and reading about all those years. And kind of, I didn't have anything else to do, right? I didn't have kids. I'm taped up like a mummy in my bed, right? What else am I going to do, right? So it led me to a man who had studied with a Native American elder for about 20 years. He had been involved in 12-step programs, and he had been a student of Course in Miracles. I didn't know anything. I just knew we had really interesting conversations. And he started showing me about my emotional body and the sensations in my body and matching up my feelings to my thoughts and then praying to God in a very specific way, not in a begging way, but in almost not even in a commanding way, but in a partnership-based way. And I just got led to the right physical therapist, to the right surgeon, to the right doctors. And long story short, it took me seven long years, but I, I came out better than I went in. Like when I went into that car accident, I was fit. I went to the gym. I didn't kickbox or do high intensity interval training like I can do now. My body is better now than it was before the accident using the shift method. And that's because I'm involving the spiritual, the mental, and the emotional, not just the mental surface level stuff, not just the emotional, but also putting it together and building a partnership with the creator of worlds who is the healer of everything, right? Yeah. So when I realized it could, I could do that, God could do that for my body, that the shift method could work for my body, I thought, well, can it work for my, my money? Can it work for my career? So that's how my business was born. And then when I, when I hit six figures and I was successful and like I was helping all these people using the shift method and these parents were getting these results, I was like, can it work for my love life? So then I used it and I met my husband in a grocery store. <laughs> 
And then I was like, oh my God, it works for health, career, and relationships. Now, what do I really care the most about? And for those of you listening, what I really care the most about, no offense, are your kids, right? I care about your kids. I really do because I was that kid. I was a kid who grew up in a home with parents that did not understand the connection between their mind and their emotions and their actions. I grew up with parents that did not know, like most of us don't know what the heck they're doing. They're doing the best they can. They're dealing with a lot of stress, right? And I grew up with parents that didn't have a really strong connection to their higher power. And so they weren't able to rest and digest and and make the best decisions for us, right? I survived, which, you know, just what went, what I went through as a kid, I looked it up statistically. I should not be here today. I should be a suicide case statistically. I should be a criminal. I should be at least a scam artist, right? Like kids who grow up with violence in the home, with parents that don't understand, with parents who I went through a divorce. My, my dad remarried and we never talked again. Like going through these things sets kids up to either hurt themselves or hurt others or not want to be here anymore. So the only reason I'm standing here today after going through the abuse, the neglect, the abandonment, the car accident, the disability, the financial bankruptcy, right? The anxiety, the depression and everything else is because of the shift method. And that's what I'm here to give to you so that you can learn it. You can teach it to your kids, right? And now your kids grow up healthy. You can be a happy grandparent. And then those kids' kids are better. And this is how we change the world, right? Like nobody outside of us is coming to save us. Like the government's, I mean, do you, I mean, I think at this point we should get that by now, right? Like we're on our own, right? So we've got to get together with like-minded people, build our own communities and get with God. And I know that might be scary for some people to hear because what we've been taught about God is completely backwards. You know, God is good and loving and is beating your heart and giving you breath to breathe right now. It's so much bigger than an anthropomorphic being with a white beard who might send you to hell. That is not God. God is not mad at you. God is not ashamed of you. Even if you are a parent who has whacked your kid, there is no God standing in heaven looking down at you, shaking a finger at you right now. And neither am I. We're saying, come closer. We're saying, give us, give us, like, give us some, a little bit of time, experiment with this idea of God being the generative, operative, destructive force in nature that you are a part of, that your children are a part of, and understand that these challenges that your children bring you are a reflection of the work that you get to do as a soul. You know, the other thing, Denise, besides the MTHFR gene mutation, which was passed down to me, by the way, by my father, right? My mother had grown up in a home full of violence. And even though she did her best and she committed to not repeat those patterns, when I've talked to her about it later on in life, you know what she says? I don't know what came over me, or I don't even remember doing that, or I can't believe. Yes, I do remember it, but I, I don't know. I can't, I can't explain it, Right. So these things are deep down and you cannot heal them on your own. You must do it with a third physical presence. And what makes the shift method different than anything else out there is that we're uniting our will with the power and the will of your creator who loves you, who created those children and who has a plan. You know, if it wasn't for that car accident, Denise, yes, I was a model citizen. Yes, I had the credit and the money and the car and the house and all of that. But I was working three freaking jobs. I was set to become the mom I didn't want, right? The mom that I had, right? I was on this hamster wheel. I couldn't sit still. And it looked like I needed to, you know, I didn't have time and I needed the money. But the truth was, 
if I sat still, all those buried emotions would come up. That's why I couldn't sit still. That's why I couldn't meditate. That's why I was really getting nowhere, even though I was working so hard and doing everything so, quote, right, according to these books and magazines. I'm actually really so grateful now that that car accident disabled me from the world's purpose to develop the shift method and prove that this stuff really does work when you apply it. And it put me got me out of the rat race, <laughs> you know, got me out of a high stress world. Yeah, you literally were were stopped from where you were going and forced to pivot. And over the next decade, not only heal yourself, but then create a program that would allow you to heal so many others. Right. Your story is powerful and your program is powerful. And it's something that everybody needs. You guys, if you have a challenging child at home, or if your home is not as peaceful and exciting, um, you know, like a joyful place to be, and you want some support in, in creating that for your family, don't do it just for you. Don't even do it just for your kids. Do it for your grandkids because the effort you put into healing yourself and learning new skills now is going to ripple effect. Go to parentingforapeacefulhome.com parentingforapeacefulhome.com and you can schedule a free intro call with Christina so she can hear a bit about your story and share how the shift method can directly impact you. So I have three last questions for you. And one is is just kind of to finish off the story. I am curious about your bond with your mother now. Has that something that has been able to be restored? It's a lot better. I will not say that it's perfect. We are still working on it. My mom is 60 years old. She does not like to be <laughs> told anything about anything. But I'll tell you, it is leaps and bounds away from where it was. Um, it's getting stronger and better every single day, especially since the birth of my child. Yeah, it, it's not all sugar pumps and lollipops. It's a journey. And you can't, you know, you can't drag other people along with you. You know, you can't change other people, but how we're relating. And there's just a lot that you can't control, but there are certain things that you can control. And so here's the bottom line. Our relationship with others is not dependent on the other. It's dependent on how we think about them and how we think about ourselves in relationship to them. And so what the shift method has done for me is it's changed the way that I think about her, right? Where I used to think of her as an enemy, as a detriment, somebody who screwed me up as a kid, right? I don't think about her like that anymore. So I have peace, even though sometimes she might not reflect that. Awesome. There's a freedom and there's a security that I'm experiencing because I'm using the shift method. She's not using the shift method yet. Right, 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 right. Now, I often say we can be the eye of the storm. Even if there's chaos around us, we don't have to enter in. So, you know, mm -hmm. there can be some drama around us. It might not be always perfect, but that doesn't mean we need to engage with that. And we can still keep our peace in the midst of some of the crazy Mm -hmm. So two last questions. Okay. So my next question is, I'd love to know any books or resources, people you learned from throughout those seven years that you would say were big aha moments for you. It sounds like the EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique was one. Um, what mm -hmm. are some other books you could recommend or places that you like to refer your, your clients? So three, one is The Celestine Prophecy written by James Redfield that goes into the control drama that come as a result of us as children not getting the attention that we need. So it's very important that we, we realize our own control drama and that we can identify our kids' control drama and we can shift the energy from 
lack of attention to a deep bond and connection to God, really. God is our source for everything. And as children, if we're not taught that, then we tend to want to manipulate and try to control others to get our needs met. And we don't need to do that. So Celestine Prophecy is is great for anybody who hasn't read that yet. And then Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh is just a completely different, it'll blow the roof off of what you have been taught God is and God isn't in a really healthy, fun, experimental way. So I love those books. I also promised Denise, before we wrap up here, I promised these parents three tips. And I want to make sure that we deliver on that promise before we end, if that's cool with you. Sounds good. Go ahead. What's your final question? Oh, okay. So my final question is, As entrepreneurs, we are constantly kind of giving and serving and trying to be creative and working with our clients. And what is one thing you do every day that you couldn't live without that keeps you full so then you can give out? Yeah. So I'm doing something called catching and releasing, which I really want to share with your audience today. That's a moment-to-moment practice that transmutes stress as it comes up so that it doesn't build up into a dysfunctional behavior, right? So that's one thing that I'm doing every day. The second thing that I'm doing every day is I'm practicing presence. I have something called the sanity switch that if we have enough time, I'd love to teach your audience. If you don't, Go over to parentingforapeacefulhome.com, book a complimentary shift session with me. I'll share the sanity switch with you. I can go deeper into the catching and releasing with you during that call. And then the third thing that I'm doing is I'm using a divination tool called the I Ching. Some people pronounce it as the I Ching. And so I'm tuning into, I'm using that as a tool to tune into principles. We're always asking this question, like, what do I do? What do we do? What do we do? It is not what you do. It's how you be, right? We talked about this earlier, like how you're feeling determines what solutions you find and how you execute them, right? So if I'm feeling like crap, I'm probably not in a position to find a really good solution. Does that make sense? And even if I do find a good solution, my ability to to implement that is going to be shaky because I'm feeling shaky, right? So what I love about the I Ching or the I Ching, however you want to say it, is that it focuses on principles, states of being that are like God, humility, modesty, gentleness, tolerance, equanimity, acceptance, detachment, right? So I'm focusing on these principles. I'm writing it down. I'm calling those things, right? Because like when I heard humility, I'm like, what the heck is that? (laughs) So I'm like calling these things that are not as though they were. I'm like, I'm saying like in my notebook, I'm writing, I am humble. I'm detached. I'm accepting long before I even knew what a lot of that meant, right? So I'm engaging in a writing and a journaling practice around proper principles. I'm staying present using the sanity switch, which is a very powerful tool that I developed. It's a part of the shift method. And I'm also catching and releasing negative emotion as it comes up throughout the day so that I'm not spinning out. I'm not getting into overwhelm. I'm not feeling exhausted most of the time. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. So let's end with your three tips. Right. So the first thing that you want to do is stay present, right? So find something like when, when stress levels are starting to go up, find something to look at in front of you. If you're having a stressful conversation with your husband or your child, focus. It's challenging, but it will lead you to peace. It'll lead you to clarity. It'll lead you to better solutions. So focus on their eyebrow. Focus on their nose. Don't let your mind go in 20 different directions. 
When you're washing the dishes, focus on the dish. Focus on the feel of the soap in your hands. Feel your feet underneath you. Consciously ground, right? Call in God. Call in the Holy Spirit. Invite it into your mind. Invite it into your body. Whatever problems you think you have, turn them over to your higher power. Ask for assistance, not in a begging way, but in a way of like, hey, I don't know if you're out there or if you can hear me right now, (laughs) but I see a problem here where I wish there was no problem. Can you help me see things differently? Can you help me find a solution? I really just want to feel peace. Instead of having the conversation that we normally have in our head, which is, oh my God, I got this bill to pay. I got another call from the kid's school. What are we going to do? I'm so stressed out, right? Which just makes the cortisol, just makes the stress hormones go up, which then creates frantic activity in the mind. And then the kid comes in from school, maybe to talk to you about a situation that's challenging for him. Maybe he's being bullied or right? Pressured in some way and you snap at him and you miss that opportunity to bond with your kid, right? And the third thing I would say is these challenges that you're facing are actually opportunities for growth. I think it was Tony Robbins that said, you have no problems except for that you think you have a problem. Like they're not problems to be... Your kid is not a problem to be solved. It's an opportunity to up-level. It's an opportunity for growth. That's what I brought my mom when I started having helpers. I was showing her, I know this now, I was showing her her buried trauma that she got to heal, that she has an opportunity to heal in this lifetime. She didn't interpret it that way, but she's starting to get that now. Same thing for the client that I talked about earlier. Her kid was doing her the favor of showing her that she had buried emotion that she got to release. When she released it, she released the weight. She released the money problems, she got into service, and now her and her family are an example to thousands of other families, right? So the same can be true for you. Stay present, look at your body, sit with your negative emotion, and call on the name of God (laughs) and start having productive conversations in your mind. Because you're talking, you don't realize that you're either talking to your ego or you're talking to spirit all day long, right? So I would encourage you to talk to spirit, open up to that aspect of your life, play around with it, experiment it, and see what happens when you say something like, oh, when I think about the relationship. So I just want to invite everybody who's listening. You probably have a challenging kid in your life, right? So just think about your kid right now and notice what happens in your body. Where is there a flare up? Where is there an obstruction? Where is there pain? Is it in your heart? Is it in your stomach? Is it in your throat? Is it in your head? Identify the match between your current situation and perspective on your child and how that shows up for you emotionally in your body and start to identify what it feels like. Does it feel like a stabbing sensation in your heart maybe? Does it feel like a heaviness in your chest? Is it a pit of fire in your stomach? Start to look at your mind and your body as an objective being. Because you are not your mind. You are not your body. You are spirit. You are an extension of source energy. You have a mind and you have a body. And that mind has gone through a lot. And that body has gone through a lot. And your kids are going through a lot. And guess what? You're all on the same team, right? So let's just drop the story that anybody's out to get us, that we're doing anything wrong, that this isn't going to work for you, that it can't be that easy, that maybe it worked for her, but it Just get into your own mind and your own body now. Look at the thoughts you think about the situation you're in with your kid. Notice how that shows up for your body. 
and bring your attention, just like you would if you bumped your elbow, you'd put your hand on it, right? So do the same thing mentally now. Bring your attention down, whether it's in your heart, your belly, your throat, wherever it is, bring your attention down to it. Just look at it and repeat after me. I'm willing to change. I'm willing to see the situation differently. I don't know how to do that on my own. God, Holy Spirit, if you're really out there and you can help me with my child, I give you permission to do that for me now. As long as it's safe and healthy, as long as it brings me peace, I'm inviting you into this relationship with my child, with my husband, with my money. You can use this for every area of your life right? But stay focused on the kid right now. Notice the negative emotion that shows up in your body, whether that's overwhelm, fear, panic, anxiety, frustration, aggravation, anger. Get real about that. Look at it and then invite God in to help you transmute that energy. It's just a decision to stop going it on your own, to stop shoving the stuff down and actually practice what you might be preaching right now. The final thing I'd like to say is all the advice that we have for others is advice that we need to take for ourselves. So take out a journal and write down the complaints that you have about your kid and turn them around to yourself and see if there's any room for improvement. And notice that as you start to cross things off the list and change the way that you do things, you're going to see, and it makes sense, right, Denise, that your kids change with you. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Christina, for sharing your story and your passion. I'm excited for anybody out there who has an inkling in your gut, like, oh my gosh, I need this. Go to parentingforapeacefulhome.com. This work that you're doing, like I, I often say, where do you want to be in a year, right? Where do you want to be in a year? Well, if you do nothing, you'll be in the same place. And if that's not where you really want to be, then it's time to take action now to do something different, which means unlocking parts of you that may have been trapped where uh, there's emotions from childhood stuff or or even college years that maybe we need to let go of and learn the skills that are going to help you not just with your family but with every aspect of your life so thank you christina for sharing your wisdom with us today thank you denise for giving me the opportunity god bless you all I hope to see you. I've got like 10 spots I opened up, parentingforapeacefulhome.com. I can't wait to talk to those of you parents who are truly ready to shift. Thank you so much. Bye guys. Have a great day and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.